Greetings, friends, and welcome to Bethel Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Amy Beveridge, and this is our online worship experience. This weekend, we are taking a rest as an online worship team. Several of our team have some health challenges at the moment, which will hopefully resolve soon. And I'm actually going to be away on vacation by the time you're listening to this. So honoring all the needs of the moment, we are posting a rerun of a recorded service from 2020. I really love this particular one. It's our Reformation worship from the year we were at home during COVID. The message still holds up, even though our context has changed somewhat. And I also think it's fascinating to listen back to where we were and how far we've come, or maybe not come. I don't know. I'm going to leave you to reflect on that. So a solid message I still stand behind, and some gorgeous music, old and new, from our gifted musicians. God's peace be with you all. I look forward to seeing you after my adventures. Enjoy this little offering from our past. Through our Son, Jesus Christ, we gather and praise God in spirit and in truth. Amen. invite you now to make the sign of the cross, a sign that you were marked with at baptism. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us in all of creation. Amen. We come together now in spirit to confess our sin in the presence of God and in the presence of one another, even though we cannot see each other. Faithful God, Have mercy on us. We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We turn from your loving embrace and go our own ways. 
We pass judgment on one another before examining ourselves. We place our own needs before those of our neighbors. We keep your gift of salvation to ourselves. Make us humble. Cast away our transgressions and turn us again to life in you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God hears the cries of all who call out in need. And through his death and resurrection, Christ has made us his own. Hear the truth that God proclaims. Your sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Led by the Holy Spirit, live in freedom and newness to do God's work in the world. Amen. of the 
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. and justice and grace, let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Kyrie eleison, on our world and on our way. Kyrie eleison, every day. For peace in our hearts, for peace in our homes, for friends and family, for life and for love, for our work and our play, let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Kyrie eleison, on our world and on our way. Kyrie For your spirit to guide, that you center our lives in the water and the word. That you nourish our souls with your body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Kyrie eleison, on our world and on our way. Let us pray. God of grace and God of glory, rooted in the past and growing into the future, the church, the people of the church must always be reformed in order to live out the love of Christ in an ever-changing world. In these days, 
seems to be changing more rapidly than any of us can follow. To find our footing, we celebrate the good news of God's grace that Jesus Christ sets us free every day to do this life-transforming work of ministry. Trusting in the freedom given to us in faith, we know you will keep us steadfast in your word, protect and comfort us in times of trial, defend us against all enemies of love, and bestow on the church your saving peace through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Jeremiah chapter 31. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another, or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the 46th Psalm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved and though the mountains shake in the depths of the sea. Though its waters rage and foam, and though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be shaken. God shall help it at the break of day. The nations rage and the kingdoms shake. God speaks and the earth melts away. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come now, regard the works of the Lord, what desolations God has brought upon the earth. Behold the one who makes war to cease in all the world, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. Be still then, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. 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 A reading from the Gospel of John. 
the eighth chapter. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. So what was it? What creative insights did Luther and the Reformation hold that can propel us forward today? That is the question I opened with at the start of worship, and that's what I want to address now in light of today's Bible readings. And good to note, These Bible readings are the same every year on this celebration in late October. We always read the truth will set you free. We always hear from Jeremiah and the law written on our hearts. But this year, with our lives set in the midst of a great challenge, I don't know about you, but for me, these words do sound differently than they have in years past. So I want to start with Jesus and his words about enslavement and the freedom of belonging to Abraham. It's hard to know exactly what was going on in this argument because we are not from this culture. I can tell you what is not happening. Jesus is not condemning Jews for being Jewish, which is often how this text gets interpreted through our 21st century lens. It's called replacement theology, where the Jewish people are okay until something better came along and they refuse to get on board with Jesus, therefore they are condemned. He, Jesus, in this passage, is actually talking to all of us about what defines us, and he is using household metaphors to do it. He talks about parentage and slavery because his audience understood those systems of communal organization and they understood what gave them value. They understood what gave them personhood. And he is shaking up his audience who once were slaves in Egypt, but had become liberated. But he's not just talking to his Jewish contemporaries. He's talking to all of us. We are not to walk away from this passage complacent that we as Christians are saved and our Jewish brothers and sisters are condemned. That's not the point of this passage at all. And it seems silly to say, but I know that some of you have heard those sermons or come across those interpretations. And so wherever I find them, I feel it's important to stand against them. First of all, Jesus says himself in earlier passages that you will remember from John chapter three, I did not come here to condemn. We forget that sometimes. And second, all of us have the potential to believe, all of us have the potential to believe that we are more free than we really are. All of us, most of the time, think that we are more loyal to God than we really are. All of us, at one time or another, imagine that the rest of the world has the problem, not us. And you could turn the tables on that one as well. We could also go around thinking we are the problem when, in fact, it is a sick and broken world driving us away from God and one another, that somehow the sin lives in us alone. That is also a kind of bondage. So pick your poison. I guarantee we've all drunk from it. The point is we cannot free ourselves from the bonds that hold us enthralled. We can't do that work on our own. Someone has to come to live within us who ransomed us back from our captivity. That's the truth that Jesus presents here. The trouble is that we are so in it. 
We can no longer see the truth until our liberator comes to show us. And even then we resist it. And that's why we need reminded of it every single Sunday, if not every single day. The thing I want you to take from this passage, however, is not the humility of recognizing we don't know our history as well as we think we do, or that we don't understand our freedom as well as we imagine. I mean, that's not a bad takeaway, but there is another one that I want you to hear. And that is how we experience our identity. We are all someone's children biologically, but the power that Jesus offers is to be part of a household family that is not defined by human status, right? The bonds of family come through Jesus. That's what he is telling them. Even if we love our parents and honor them, we are not bound to our progenitors in the same way with the same power that we are bound to God. Our blood or any marker of human identity might inform us and give us a certain kind of experience in this world, but we are rooted in something that transcends any human marking, any legal household or cultural status or lack of cultural status. Jesus' identity as the Son of God is the only marker in our lives, and that gives us steady connection to what is true. Everything else is questionable. And how beautiful is that? that our family is much bigger than we imagine. It's bigger than our parents and our siblings. It's even bigger than our location at 3rd and Crocker and Templeton. Our family connection to Christ means that nothing can actually sever us from God's care and that our personhood comes to us from Christ. And it means that more people love us than we know. It means that a plague can come and scatter our village or our church building could be barred or we might have to migrate to a new country or war could crush a familiar and reliable daily life. Famine could strike. All that could happen. But faith travels with us wherever we are, no matter who is with us or who is against us or what our household looks like. Our connection to God through the sun is resilient no matter the disaster when it can't be defined by the group that we belong to, can't be defined wholly by our history. It's not that biology is not important or influential, but it means that biology cannot hold back transformation. And side note, and this is an important one, especially for our time, the trick, of course, is building structures of the world that actually reflect this God-given truth and do not trap us. A lot of us believe these things, but we don't know how to make that a lived reality. And we all have different ideas about how to achieve this kind of equity. That's why well-meaning people argue so much. And I'm not even going to get to the ones who are just power-hungry and greedy, but well-meaning good people do argue about these things because it's not entirely clear how we live out this reality. But back to my point, my main point, faith is portable. Faith is resilient. It cannot be easily toppled if at all. Your faith is not really your own, which if you think about that, right, because it belongs to the Son, right? It belongs to His body in the world. Any faith you have, and all of you out there have it, it belongs to the Son, and there is a beautiful way in which we are not even fully in charge of it. And thank goodness, thank goodness we're not fully in charge of it. 
which is exactly what Jeremiah is up to as well. When he says the law will be written on our hearts, it means the whole teaching of God goes with us. It can't be written on stone tablets that may be crushed by an oppressor. It goes with our bodies. Whether we live or die and rise in a glorified body, we are one with this law of love. I was reminded in a commentary to remember what the heart is. What do we know about our hearts? And I'm going to quote here. We know that with each heartbeat, blood courses through our bodies, delivering to each cell and organ the nutrients and oxygen they need to thrive. With each beat, blood returns to the heart so that it may be pumped through the lungs to be filled with oxygen once more. The heart's beating is the pulse of life within us. For ancient people, the heart was even more than a muscle. It was the seat of emotion, of our wills, of our impulse for action and connection. Today, what we call the human mind, ancient people called the heart. So when Jeremiah calls out this promise, he is asking us to imagine the day when the law of God's love is written on this mysterious tablet of spirit, body, and mind called the heart. And you can't actually kill such a thing. You can drive down a kingdom with armies, you can send a plague, you bring COVID, you can bring a terrible economy, but human hearts are shared experiences and they influence the future no matter whether or not they beat. Some of us imagine a faith written on the heart as somehow private or individualized, but it is not here. It is written on the heart, meaning safeguarded from all external blows. And Jeremiah needs it for his day, a day when kingdoms rose and fell and life was not easy nor guaranteed, when homelands were destroyed and migrations of refugees were common, when people were left behind. He prophesied a resilient faith. And to this day we sing of him because that is the faith that we have inherited and have renewed in every generation. Our church is being reborn literally and spiritually, even as I preach these words. We have seen deaths. We have watched beloved members of our community migrate. We are bearing social and political divisions that have frayed our edges. We have seen people drift. And at the same time, we have gathered some in. We have spoken to our neighborhood. We have cared for the vulnerable. And we've even welcomed new babies and invisible members of the church we have never met before. They've come into our midst. The wheel of life turns. And what will determine our ability to return to the visible worshiping body, right now we're in the invisible one, but the visible worshiping body in the future, what will determine our ability to rejoin will be our ability to adapt to receive this change, to step into the church the world needs us to be, not the church we were, we cannot have that back, but to become the church that God is calling us into. We must carry this faith that we have been given into whatever we find ourselves. That's how we get through this. The Reformation Church, just as the church of the first century and just as God's people in the time of Jerusalem, They were all born in an age of danger and plague, rebellion, and warfare. They survived because they discovered the grace of Jesus Christ, or in the case of Jeremiah, that God was not bound to a tribe, but defined by a covenant. We are born into the grace of loving our neighbors. So long as we too root ourselves in this grace, 
for so long as God roots us in his grace, the grace of loving our neighbors, grace of repairing our nation after an election, the grace of reaching out to the vulnerable, the grace of letting go of things we cannot control, the grace of having a family bigger than the one we were born with, the grace of worshiping in a church we cannot see but a sanctuary that surrounds us in every moment. All of that grace is around us with every breath we take, no matter where we are. And if we can live there, live in its promise, no matter what the world throws at us, we will be okay. We won't be the same. We can count on that. But we will be okay. Teach me that it all belongs, that everything is sacred. I eat the bread and drink the wine, but help me love my neighbor. And show me how to hold this life, cause I don't want to waste it.
I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. For our prayers of intercession today, I am going to read words commended by our Bishop of Southwest California, Bishop Martin Fink, but they are words written by Sister Joan Critister and ones that he found especially uh, meaningful for our moment. And so let us pray. One of the most difficult but most seasoning elements of life is simply the fine art of getting up every morning, of doing what must be done if for no other reason than it is our responsibility to do it, to face the elements of the day and keep on going. It takes a particular kind of courage. It is in dailiness that we prove our mettle, and it is not easy. The easy thing is to run away from life. Anyone can do that. And everyone at one time or another wants to. Living through the sterile and fruitless cycles of life earns no medals, carries no honor. Our temptation is to put down the hard parts, to disappear from the heat of the day, to escape from the dullness of the daily, from its pressures and its dry, barren routines, when life looks so much more exciting, so much more rewarding somewhere else. Simply staying where we are because there is nowhere else to go is not the answer. What makes the difference is to stay where we need to be with a sense that dailiness is the real stuff of the contemplative life, that the staying becomes more than bearable, it becomes possible. And so, Lord, in your mercy, make the staying and the waiting and the helping and the healing possible. Hear our prayer. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness no merit of my own i claim but wholly lean on jesus name on christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand
When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood sustain me in the raging flood. When all supports are washed away, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, clothed in his righteousness alone, redeemed to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Go in peace, love, and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.